cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiot friends talk about movies. And today we start talking about our upcoming Netflix specials, some funny things in comedy, and Isaiah's favorite movie, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start our day off with this week in Hollywood. But before we get to that, I think Bethany has some announcements. Uh, I was just going to say, watch out. There's spoilers ahead. I was going to give that warning if you want to do. Watch out. There's spoilers ahead. Jacob. <laughs> Fix it in post. <laughs> I have oh, to do that. Leave it in. Oh, my God. OK, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, at this point, you've been watching us for a while. Uh, you should have seen this movie, especially by now. But yeah, spoilers ahead for movies and other TV shows and stuff. stuff. And now this week in Hollywood. That's the intro. Yeah, what do no. you think? It's a, what do you call it? It's Mario with a star. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is. I just realized it sounds just like it. <laughs> Are you a big fan of Amazon's The Boys? Well, we got news for you. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the man you may otherwise know as Negan from AMC's The Walking Dead, has been added to season four of the massively popular show, and the actor has been casted in a mystery role, uh, marking yet another supernatural reunion for the series. Wow! Meanwhile, Minions, my favorite movie, The Rise of Gru, hits over $500 million at the international box office, which is a huge milestone for the meme of a movie. As someone who works in the movie theater industry, unfortunately, I can probably say that I can't wait for this movie to be out of theaters. I've seen enough kids in suits. Please, for the sake of Isaiah, (laughs) and for the sake of us, please. Well, since we were talking about theaters, you've probably been to at least one Regal Theater in your lifetime. I have been to quite a few. Now, the world's second largest cinema chain might be nearing its end. Cineworld Group PLC, the owner of Regal Cinemas, is preparing to file for bankruptcy after struggling to rebuild movie theater attendance from pandemic lows. Francis Lawrence, the director behind The Hunger Games, I Am Legend, and many other movies, is set to direct Netflix's Bioshock, which Isaiah is super excited about. Uh, The renowned video game has a strong fan base that has long been awaiting a feature film adaptation and it has also been stated that Michael Green, the man who wrote the screenplays for films like Blade Runner, Logan, Alien Covenant, and others, is set to write the screenplay for the film. So it might not be as bad, but Netflix has got a terrible track record. It has a shot. Yeah. Anyway, HBO's House of Dragons has received an early renewal for season two, the prequel based off the hit TV series. Game of Thrones has had a massively successful premiere, making it the most watched new original series on HBO ever. I still haven't seen it. Me neither. I haven't seen a single episode of Game of Thrones in my life. <laughs> In our similar talk of box office ratings, your boy, Jordan Peele, just released his new movie, Nope, which has reached about 148 million at the global box office. Thank you for the whistle. Mm -hmm. A serious UFO story has been killing it in the domestic box office with over $117 million in profit. But since it started playing overseas, the film has received over $30 million internationally, bringing it to a total of 148 million worldwide. I wish I had $148 million. That would solve a lot of my problems. They would solve a lot of people's problems. And that concludes this week in Hollywood. You can find all of our sources cited on our Discord in the Sources channel. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, side note. Um, this is filmed a week before September 3rd. Therefore, this episode will come out after National Cinema Day. Yeah. My mind is not completely gone. But since I work in a movie uh, theater industry, should be fun 
this upcoming Saturday. Oh, yes. And next episode, you'll find out how bad it was when I probably tell you some horror stories. Hell yeah, I'm, brother. Dude, I'm so excited. I really hope. I just I just hope I just hope there's one good. I just need one. I just need one story, you know? One good one. One story. I have many, but they're not from the, the from cinema. I, I mean, Netflix I will today, take so. more than one, but I'm <laughs> hoping that there's that one story that's just surpasses the rest. No, don't push that upon us, because that that's means me, me and my manager. Yes, this will be coming going. out September 5th, Labor Day, actually. So happy Labor Day, everyone. Oh shit! I have next Monday off. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, so two days after. National Cinema Day, but we did post on the Instagram about it, so I'm sure um, some of you have gone out and reaped the rewards. Poor Isaiah. Yeah, I'll see you guys there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Lewis has a drink for us today. Lewis, what do, do you have? I drink. Yeah. What's alcohol? Uh, the best thing. No, that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh best uh, thing. Alcoholic is coming out. Seventh. Best thing? Seven. No, it is definitely the greatest thing humans ever discovered. Um, I could think of seven others. The seven wonders of the world. <laughs> seven, yes. I would put them in this order. The greatest things ever discovered by man. Number one, alcohol. Number two, sliced bread. Yes. Uh, buyer. Number four, host. Number five, more alcohol. Grain alcohol, specifically. <laughs> Grain alcohol. Okay, green? No, actually, grain. Green. Green. Oh, like I was wheat. like, the fuck is green alcohol? Because all I could think of is Chartreuse. like Jägermeister. Oh. Jägermeister is brown. Isn't the bottle green? Correct, but the liquor itself is brown. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking like green alcohol. That's the first thing that pops in my mind. And then Jameson. Okay, I guess. Yeah, the bottles. Sure. Um, yes. All right. Welcome to Big Lose, Big Bruise. We're on quite a roll today. Yeah. Um, Today's drink is called the Davy Jones Locker. Ooh, I like the name. Thanks. So the bartender is quoted as saying, I was listening to a lot of Beastie Boys when I came up with this one, oh. says NYC bartender Brad Farron. Respect. <laughs> the Davy Jones Locker, a reference to the line from Rhythm and Stealing from License to Ill, is a 1973 sailor's euphemism for the bottom of the ocean, or death by drowning. Mm -hmm. In keeping with the vaguely Caribbean implications, Farron winterized the daiquiri using gold rum, Fernet Branca, and a riff on the grapefruit cinnamon tiki, tiki staple, Don's Mix. Hmm. Wasn't expecting cinnamon. Yeah, I wasn't either, but actually this is kind of a cool uh, recipe here, and I'll share it with you guys in just a moment. So to make our drink, here, let me put the photo on the Discord first. Yes, yes, please. Ooh, that is so, pretty. I like the color. Language for the scurvy. <laughs> so our ingredients are going to include two ounces of gold rum. In this case, preferably Appleton Reserve. Okay. A quarter ounce of Ferne Branca. Okay. One ounce of grapefruit juice. A half ounce of cinnamon bark syrup. And a quarter ounce of lime juice. You're going to garnish that with your lime wheel. Da -da -da. You're going to add all your ingredients to a cocktail shaker. You're going to add ice and shake until chilled. You will strain into a small wine or coupe glass, which is the glass you see in the photo, and you will garnish with a lime wheel. There is an editor's note here. Um, if you wanted to make your cinnamon bark syrup at home, you're going to simmer one cup of sugar with one cup of water and three tablespoons of cinnamon bark over medium heat for 10 minutes. You're going to let that cool, bottle it, and store it in the refrigerator for up to two weeks. Uh, though, based on what we've heard today, 
What do you guys think? Um, I want to try some gold rum. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, that's like the, I <sighs> see even that by gold rum. Do you mean like rum that has little flakes of gold in it? Like the gold schlager kind of aspect? No, no, no. no. Oh, what do you mean then by gold rum? The gold rum tends to be like a rich and soothing taste to it. Um, and it's going to mm. be stronger than your white rum, but not as strong as a dark rum. Okay. See, so it's, it's more like the color of itself. So like there is Bacardi gold, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just going to be like one of those. So you're going to have white rum is your is your basic um, cane sugar rum. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like your weakest one. And it's usually going to be the one that's like uh, white is going to be smooth, subtle and often refreshing. So it's going to be like your Bacardi's and stuff like that. that you find at most bars. Your dark rum is going to be your spiced rums like Captain Morgan mm-hmm. um, or other like higher class, higher shelf rums. And your gold rum is like your middle ground where it's going to have that color almost appearing like gold tequila. Did you say straight mid? For real, for real, no cap. <laughs> I had to continue. Um, and it is going to have and they're going to be aged in oak barrels, mm. which transfers a part of the barrel to the color, which is what gives that color of gold rum. Um, it gets okay. its appearance from the white white oak barrels. Well, either way, um, I still don't. I, I just don't know this one. I mean, the grapefruit aspect sounded good. Like everything sounded. I was all on board for the whole thing until you said the cinnamon. And I don't know how I feel about cinnamon and grapefruit together. That just just does not sound good. <laughs> I could be wrong. I like both. I just don't think it's a combination. Um, so I'll give it like a three, just a straight mid, just because I don't know. I'm open to trying it, but I don't think I'm going to like it. And your rating? Yeah, I just said it. Three out of five. Oh, straight mid, three out of five? Yeah. Straight mid, three out of five. Straight, straight mid, mid. Out of five. I'm going to go with a 3.5 out of five because I think it might be good. I like rum. I like to try gold rum. Uh, I don't know how I feel about lime juice or cinnamon. That does seem like a fun combo. But hey. Oh, yeah, that too. We're here for, we're here for a, a fun time, not a long time, you know? So why not? Lime juice usually is there to uh, add a little bit of sourness the flavor as well as bring out like some the of the other flavors does enough for that <laughs> i mean sure but um so like I'm, I'm going based off like how you use limes in mojitos because mm. mojitos you have uh mint sugar and then your lime and your lime is supposed to give you that sourness so it's not like a super sweet drink um gotcha. i know that the grapefruit is supposed to be like way more acidic but uh i don't know I, well, I'm wondering. Bitter usually. Yeah, I want to say that they may be offsetting the the Fernet Branca mm-hmm. as well as the rums, like smooth, um, smooth and silky taste. So it might be like both are meant there are both meant to offset as well as bring out more mm-hmm. flavor. Yes. So what would you give it then, Lewis? Just because I'm not a rum person, I would say a three point five as well. Mm. But on the realm in the realm of drinks that would like you know this sounds cool and like um, at least for like a rum cocktail. I would definitely like put this on the higher end of what I would try to drink. Okay. So. As opposed to what would you put on the lower end? Mojitos. Actually, I don't like what? mojitos. Or I'm not a fan of daiquiris either. I don't know if I've had. I have. I think I've had a daiquiri before. I don't know. You know, you have so <laughs> you have so much alcohol <laughs> that all just mushes <laughs> together. Oh my god, I sound so bad. Daiquiri wackery, you know. Daiquiri wackery. Well, thank you for your drink, Lewis. Very welcome, guys. You did great. Now we're going to move on to the best question of the day. Hooray. <gasps> my question of the day. Hooray. That's my new theme song now. 
Um, okay, so this is a fun little game that I have put together. Um, so you know how like Urban Dictionary, how uh, there's a, okay, so there's a game in w- where people will take terms from Urban Dictionary and they'll say what the word is and then the people have to guess what the definition of that word is and whoever gets kind of closest gets like a point for, or if it's like the more creative one, they get the point. You guys heard of this? Vaguely, yes, I know of it. Okay. Either way, it sounds pretty, it's pretty simple. Um, we're going to be doing basically the same thing, but with pirate slang. Um, so this is just terminology. And I actually looked into a lot of different sites on different terms that were actually used during not only just the Pirates of the Caribbean um, series, but also just with real pirates. So there's some that aren't mentioned in the movies, but it's going to be fun. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give you guys both just, you know, a guess. All right. All right. I'm just going to start. So your first pirate slang is crack Jenny's teacup. <laughs> crack Jenny's teacup. Gonna crack Jenny's teacup. What do you think that means? It sounds like you're about to, you know. No, I don't know, Isaiah. What do you mean? About to have some fun in Tortuga, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I okay. Think... So then that's Isaiah's guess, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Louis. Um... I'm going to guess crack Jenny's teacup. Uh, break some teeth? I don't know. Break some teeth. Hmm, that's a creative one. I kind of want to give it to Lewis for that, for creativity. You guys are both wrong, but uh-huh. <laughs> I got to hand it to Lewis. At least he didn't think dirty minded because I also thought dirty minded. Uh, so you through just on the same page, you know? <laughs> yeah. Crack Jenny's teacup is to spend the night in a house of ill repute. Oh, so, no, I'm more right. <laughs> You're more right, but you're not right. How is how is that not closer? Hold on. Than you have how? the closer answer. You have the closer answer. She's saying I had a more creative response. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, because like that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so your next one. There's only three because I feel like most of the ones I found were pretty commonly used to the point where they weren't fun. You know, like scurvy. <laughs> yeah, there was scalawag and stuff. And I was like, OK, that's not fun. So I found I would. I went deep into the web for these. So your second one Go to the dark web, is uh, no, no, please. They're listening. The second one is Hornswaggle. <laughs> there was a wrestler named that. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, you got Hornswaggle. Uh, I'm gonna go with. It's not a wrestler. No, 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 not a wrestler. I'm gonna go with like a <laughs> like a short, like a you know a little person. Ah, okay. All right, Isaiah. What's your guess of I'm what gonna... a Hornswaggle is? Hornswaggle. I mean, say it's like a, some type of like wrangler for uh, bulls or animals or something like that. Hmm. Um, you're both wrong, obviously. Okay. <laughs> but um, I don't know who's more creative in this. I, I like the idea of calling someone a hornswaggle. Um, so I I, I want to give it to Lewis, but I also want to give it to Isaiah so that you're tied. Um, uh-huh. so I'm gonna give it to Isaiah out of pity. Thanks. You're welcome. Um. So hornswaggle means to cheat or to swindle someone. You hornswaggled me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Basically. It's more of a, a, a verb than um, a noun, I guess. So in this instance, I had to correct myself here. I threw in a picture of the wrestler, um, but he was actually hornswoggle. Oh, I, mean, I don't hard. know what that means. Darn I feel like that might be hornswaggled. Now, this last one is my personal favorite, which is why I saved it the best for last, because it made me audibly laugh at work when I read it. Um, the word is <laughs> cackle fruit. Cackle fruit? Cackle fruit? Cackle fruit. I'll type it out so you can 
Did you see how it's are you are you telling me that you read cackle fruit and you cackled at work? All right, Lewis wins because of that. <laughs> um my guess on what cackle fruit would be would actually be like weed. Weed. Drugs. Marijuana? Marijuana. The devil's lettuce? The devil's oh, lettuce. God. Okay. All right. Isaiah? I'm gonna go with like it's an actual like it's a food of some kind, but like it makes what kind of food? I don't know. I'm gonna say like like a coconut of some sort. Hmm. So your final answers? Yeah. All right. So Isaiah is definitely closer. He's on the the right track, but it is not a coconut. It is a chicken egg. <laughs> okay. Um so I actually was curious as to why they called it that. And the name comes from the sound that hens would make when they would lay the eggs. So they call them cackle fruits. What? In- yeah. I, I mean, I guess it is. It, it pirates. makes sense. Okay. <laughs> they they yeah, weren't they the weren't smartest. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, those are, those are your three pirate slang terms. So if you want to go call someone a horn swaggle, I guess it wouldn't really. If you want to go horn swaggle someone, go for it. Actually, no, I do not condone horn. I do not condone horn swaggling. Please don't. <laughs> do not horn. Don't you dare uh, horn swaggle my cackle fruit. I want <laughs> that. Uh, that was quite a sentence there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> do not deceive my chicken that egg. Me. I hate it so much. Anyways. OK, that's the end of my segment. Let's get past <laughs> this. Isaiah. We, we also I don't know if we ever mentioned which episode we're covering today. Uh, this is part of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest episode two. Yeah, we didn't. But I mean, if you're here, you probably came from another episode. So <laughs> you probably are we up hope, to date. We hope. Yeah. Isaiah, what do you have for us today? Hi. So it's fact time. This is you can insert. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you can insert my jingle there. Uh, so we got a few of them here. Um, Some of them are really weird. Some of them not so much. But uh, we're going to start with some stuff. All right. Anyway. Oh, some wow. Stuff, stuff and yeah. things. So while filming the ending scene, we're going to start right at the end of the movie. Okay. Actually, no, 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 I'm going to keep that at the, okay. at the end. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, we're going to start over. All right. So here's some facts. So Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, which is the third movie, which we'll be doing next week. Uh, they were filmed back to back. However, the films were rushed ahead of schedule because, uh, before the scripts were even done for the film. And as we know, that's always such a great thing because it works every single it time. It always that goes happens. perfectly fine. Yes. Uh, so uh, Davey Jones was animated by Industrial Light and Magic. Hey. Our good old friends here who made Star Wars, they're back at it again, and they're here to animate Davy Jones. Hell now, yeah, brother. No wonder it looks so good. Yeah. Now, they did a lot. Like, the CGI team, like, the their team oh, did a lot of I have of so many job. notes written on that, but it it's insane. Yeah, they did, a, they did a, an amazing job, especially with the, half the crap that they did to make this movie happen. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Um, so... Davy, uh, the texture of Davy Jones's tentacles was the result of one of the concept artists looking at a stained styrofoam coffee cup, <laughs> uh, put it in uh, that was thrown in the trash. She looked at it, said, "Huh, that looks nice." 3D scanned it and then um, used the texture in Photoshop to like use for concept art. And the digital model supervisor, Steve Walton, used it later to texture his skin on the end of his tentacles. That is in the movie. Genuinely impressive. Yeah. You got to be creative, you know? Honestly. You got to be really creative. I don't think I could do that. Uh, now, Bill Nye, who the is science guy? not Bill Nye, the science guy, not that guy. Aww. Bill Nye, which is an amazing actor. He plays Davy Jones uh, and he had to wear a mocap suit while filming. So like everybody else, you know, they got to wear Jack, Jack Sparrow got to wear, you know, Jack Sparrow outfit. But all the crew of Davy Jones 
they had to wear mocap suits. So while they're all talking, they're all just hanging out wearing um, gray suits covered in white balls. <laughs> they look ridiculous, didn't they? Yes, especially when they have got you seen, wet. Have you seen the behind the scenes of like just movies in general, especially the one that pops into mind is Twilight, where they... <laughs> It's like the side by side of like Jacob um, as the wolf and then like Jacob in the mocap suit. And it just looks so awkward. It does. It's funny to look at, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just could not. This, that's why I, I could never act is because I could I would not be able to stop laughing. So uh, now the normal process of using mocap suits is would be filming in a very controlled environment. Uh, so there would not be anything. They would be they would be like in a sound stage. It would just be like an empty room about like 16 cameras surrounding them and everything would be uh, captured inside of a computer on that uh, set. Mm -hmm. However, for this movie, they wanted to actually like have him go around and actually be in like the area. Yeah. And actually be able to act it out. And so that Gore Verbinski, the director, could actually talk to them and like do stuff on the spot. Um so they decided to create a whole new technology. Uh, so they made just for that movie. Just for the movie. So they made the they uh they created a new technology called image-based motion capture. They coined it called iMocap. I've heard of this. They would capture the 3D data of, of the actor. So basically, he'd be wearing the the mocap suit with the red, with the white balls. They would capture his 3D data of his movements and everything he was doing while filming uh with the, with the cameras. They would then take the actors in real time overlay the animations uh data angle it correctly to you know what they where the camera would be and overlaid it on top of the 2d image therefore every time they they would just literally have the same exact image but added uh but in the 3d and 2d space i think i understood that <laughs> i feel like i need to see a video yeah uh if you did, there's a bunch of behind the scenes about it um but it's very cool the way they did it of just taking the 3d space they kind of had to, they, basically, they faked, like, so in the computer software, right, there's no, it's just him sitting there. Like, if there's nothing there, it's all blank. So if he's coming yeah. down some steps, then in the 3D space, all you see is the mocap, like, rendition of his character walking down steps in space. Like, there's nothing there. So. Oh, I see what you mean. And then they would just angle the cameras inside the 3D space to be the exact same as the. Uh, what do you call it? The 2D image that they were going for, and then they would overlay the 3D over the 2D, and therefore it would be exact. Huh. See, now I knew I've, I've I knew of um, iMocap, but I didn't know that it came about because of Pirates of the Caribbean. So that's actually pretty neat. Um. So the movie was filmed in the open seas of the Caribbean as much as possible. They wanted the scenes to be uh, as genuine as possible. However, this was very difficult. Yeah. To film because the because of the sand, they would easily so the crew and the equipment yeah they would easily uh, sink into the sand all the time. It was very annoying. Uh, it was also filmed during one of the biggest hurricane seasons on record. In fact, it was so bad that at one point the whole crew had to be evacuated to Los Angeles due to Hurricane Wilma. Oh, I remember that hurricane vividly. A tree went through our roof. Oh boy, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching um, the movie, I was actually wondering if they how much of it they actually filmed on a boat or on a ship because it looks so real most so. of it is i think we actually uh i don't i wasn't able to confirm this or like i wasn't i saw it briefly in something else in passing but i didn't write it down but i believe they actually made like it's the black pearl and davy jones's ship they made full versions of those I i'm believe. glad that they did because it really makes it so much more immersive so uh speaking of the black pearl to mimic the like 
the scene where it gets crushed to mimic like actual tentacles of it being like crushed in half. The cr- uh, the crew used a combination of explosives and two very large tubes filled with thirty thousand pounds of cement, and then dropping. I honestly it thought you were gonna <laughs> say they like put a octopus on like a toy ship. <laughs> actually, <laughs> let it go. Actually, well, um, our next fact here. Oh, after they dropped the thirty thousand pounds of cement to replace it, and then replacing the tentacles and post, uh, the kraken was very difficult to animate as they had no real life references. Until the director, until animation director Hall T. Hickle instructed the crew to watch King Kong vs. Godzilla from 1963, in which they had a real octopus crawling over miniatures. Oh, nice! Not what I was expecting, but that is amazing. Um, and then so and when when they were on ship and they were getting attacked by uh tentacles, Gore Verbinski stood in as the Kraken's tentacles while on set, and he would just yell at the actors that <laughs> tentacle, you know, fear me, you know, kind of stuff like stupid stuff like that. Ah, Again. you know. How do you take that seriously? Um, now, uh, Jack's gold teeth were bonded onto Jan- Johnny's actual teeth by a dentist before filming. Um, however, some of his t- gold teeth in the back of his mouth are actually real, and there is. I didn't even know there were any in the back of his mouth. Well, we know that now. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm so glad that I know this information about him. <laughs> also, the toe, ne- the toe necklace was Johnny Depp's idea when they were filming on the island. <laughs> I hate that. I hate it so much. <laughs> he was just talking to like the art director or something like that. He goes, how about a toe necklace? And they're like, okay. And they so they made a toe necklace. That's that's great. Nice. Um, and our last fact of the day, Gore Verbinski originally wanted Davy Jones to be Dutch, you know, because his ship is called the Flying Dutchman. Uh Bill mm. Nye, however, responded, I don't do Dutch, so I decided to do Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do Dutch. So I decided on Scottish. Bill Nye. Bill Nye is a He's a well, a really weird character. Love him. And those are all our facts for today. Whoa. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, then I guess it is on to uh, our franchise breakdown of the film that we haven't mentioned till five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> Dead Man's Chest. What did you guys think? Hello? You want to go over <laughs> Yeah, I, I really... Um, I really enjoyed the introduction of the Kraken and Davy Jones um some more i guess background to the the world itself like the world building mm-hmm. i agree with you what you said about the facts earlier with how it was way it was also very immersive when they started doing like all of the ship scenes and all that stuff um and you know the flying dutchman and davy jones himself are like a, an old pirate legend that takes on you know it has like multiple different versions depending on i guess the universe you're, you're thinking about because um, I know there's like reference to it in like Assassin's Creed and SpongeBob and SpongeBob and a bunch of other like you know pirate related uh, cartoons, games, and shows. So it is a very nice take on the story and the character of Davy Jones and the ship, the Flying Dutchman, as well as you know like how they introduced the Kraken initially. Um, when I say the film gets a four out of five for me, I really wish I had to watch it again before. This, but it's been a very crazy weekend and there's nothing off the top of my head that i would change personally i think was planned out pretty well mm-hmm. i also very much enjoyed the toe necklace even though it makes beth very uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and yeah i will concede my point here at four out of five okay would you give first one five out of five yeah fair that's a fair fair ratings isaiah what about you i forgot what i gave the first one please i think you also gave it five i gave it a 4.5 out of five hmm. I docked off points for the weird sexualization parts. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, 
it's even worse than this one. So it is true. It got, it, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they obviously did not learn their lesson from last time. Mm-hmm. The movie's pre- the movie's pretty good, given the fact that they didn't plan on any uh, any sequels. So them to pull this one out of nowhere. Well, the, first, the these next two out of nowhere kind of you know was pretty good. Uh, given the, that fact. Uh, you can tell though that they didn't have really of a plan. They obviously had more of a plan than you know Star Wars did because there was actually like <laughs> some thought. <laughs> yeah, they started before the script was done, but at least it's not. It, it, they literally they it looked like they had an idea of what they were going for, and so there was a little more attention to detail. Like um, I do like they kind of still kind of reference things from the first movie that weren't necessarily uh. Like things would be like, oh, it continued, but I did like how they kind of bridged it a little bit mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, this was a continuation, even though it wasn't planned to be one. Like, um, uh, when like how Beckett and him have apparently like have a history and stuff like that, but they also mentioned about his brand, which they the brand is shown in the first movie, so they had a reference to being like, yeah, something happened. Um, mm-hmm. so I like the bridge. I like the little bridges that they built to keep like the continuity of it all the to seem like it's still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's how it's still in like an ongoing story, despite the fact they didn't plan that to be. Um, I do find it funny that they made Beckett as like this Napoleon character that he seems so short <laughs> in comparison to everybody. I think that was funny. I didn't even notice that, but that's that is true. Like he's he's just shorter. Like I don't think he's he's like five five. Like the actor's like five five, but like they made him seem like he was four ten, <laughs> and it's just funny. That's great. So yeah, then obviously there was some mentions of like, uh, like oh that the what do you call it? There's a woman on the ship. She's a stowaway, and she might be naked, and everybody just freaks the hell out. Or you know, just just I don't why. Who's writing this? Damn. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah, some of these writers need to go out and touch grass. Like damn. <laughs> <laughs> In that instance, I kind of get it because it's like they're pirates. They're all men on a ship. No women in sight. So that I understand, I shouldn't say I understand, but like that at least makes sense in the story to me. The other stuff, not so much. Yeah, I don't know. And it didn't like that. (laughs) It's weird. Um, And then some, I mean, like it's a cohesive story, though. I can tell that towards the end, they kind of didn't. They were like, oh, we have to make the second movie. So we kind of have to like do some stuff to set it up. So, you know, they have that weird uh, uh, Will Turner sees um swan kiss jack so now we have like oh there's a there's a bit of conflict there that's gonna pop up in the next movie mm. and stuff like that i'm like yeah really Which, like how about come on how did he not freak out or talk about that i would have been like what the fuck you just yeah we're about to get married and you just kiss some other dude yeah i don't it's like it's such a child like he's supposed to be adults it's such a childish thing and like oh they're not gonna talk about it so it's gonna be like some unresolved conflict throughout the next movie mm-hmm. i'm like seriously you couldn't have come up with like anything else other than this like what jump the shark level tv show trope like come on and then um but yeah there's a few things of like they don't know what the hell they're gonna do in the future so they kind of have to like just kind of start making things up yeah there's a few things that kind of started falling apart at the end there of just you know you can tell like oh we can't wrap the story up but we kind of have to have an ending too of this movie so oh my god i didn't even include the last facts <laughs> What's the last fact? The oh, last right. Fact is, at the end of the movie. Yeah, at the end of the movie. So the last fact at the end of the movie is that they didn't tell any of the crew that Barbosa was coming back, and they all thought Zoe Saldana's character was going to come back, and that's who was going to walk down the steps. So everybody's reaction oh, really? was actually, yeah, everybody's reaction was genuine that they didn't know that that Barbosa was was about to walk up. Huh. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty that was a pretty good addition. Um, 
and obviously a plot twist like holy crap nobody who saw that coming yeah. um but yeah i do though i do feel like this movie does have a bit of lackluster than the original like it doesn't it, 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 there's like some charm that's kind of missing from it though you know everybody loves the jar of dirt moment <laughs> oh yes but uh and then obviously the the, the three the fight amongst the of norrington will and jack like there are a lot of good moments but for some reason i don't know i feel like the first one is still better by like it's still marginally better for some reason and that obviously there was still an idea for it and it, I don't think it helps that the la- the next movie is like th- is literally two hours and fifty minutes. So I feel like it, this is just a weird setup, and that some of it, like some of it could have been cut down because this movie is like two and a half hours long too. So I don't know. Yeah, they're they're they are unnecessarily long. There's a there's a lot there's a bit of a loss of focus towards the end there. So I don't know what was going on. Like obviously they didn't have a like a finished script, so they were kind of making up a, a bit as they went along, a bit, and it kind of shows just a tad. Um, but yeah, so I still believe that Black Pearl is better. So I gave this one a, uh, it's a four out of five. So. Okay. Two four out of fives. Well, um, I gave it a five out of five. <laughs> wow. Um, if I could, I'd probably give it a 4.75, but Isaiah won't let me. So it's a five. We'll let you. Okay. It's a 4.75 then. Because <laughs> obviously, because the first one's always gonna be the best because well it speaks for itself um mm-hmm. but i i again have a big nostalgia tie in with this movie as well um i loved the special effects and the visual effects that went behind not only davy jones because he's impressive on his own but every single crew member on his ship bootstrap bill the freaking detail in even just like i was i was literally pausing the movie and like looking at each individual crew member and they're all like unique like one had a um ship wheel like stuck in his back and yeah. it's just like it's just like really little things like that it's like so much time and effort went into it. it's really neat and very, really very well detailed neat. yes you pause um, it, there's like so like we call it you like try to it's like looking at a fork 8k image and you like zoom in every time you zoom in there's something new to see <laughs> yeah it's it's incredible um I also loved the Kraken. I think they did that really well. The only issue I had with the Kraken is like, of course, when it attacks the important ship, it takes its sweet old time. But when we first see it, it takes two seconds to swallow a whole fucking ship. <laughs> like, that was the only complaint I had about it. I was like, well, of course, now it's yeah. a black pearl. It's a little tasty snack. I'm going to take my time. <laughs> yeah, that was the only complaint. Say- but. I wanted to say that it was like maybe in the perspective of when we see it initially and it destroys the ship, it's like, oh, there's no one important. I can just wreck this shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Versus like the Black Pearl. I don't remember if the Gar was still on the Black Pearl when it was going after it. Yes. Which is my, it was. So that's probably why it was taking its time. It needed to make sure that it wasn't going to kill Davy Jones. Mm, that, way, that could make sense. But then he, remember Jack Sparrow goes off the boat no, no, no. He he didn't know that. He thought it was he. Davy Jones had the 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 box, and he thought the heart was still in the box. So oh, yeah, yeah. No, he didn't care. This, but probably the Kraken could sense it. The Kraken wouldn't have been careful. The Kraken follows Davy Jones. He just said, "Go eat that thing." Oh, okay, I, I don't know. I was thinking that the Kraken would have sensed something was off. I don't think the Kraken has a brain. <laughs> it does. I wonder where it goes. Yeah, it, it's got a big body. It's somewhere in there. Um, I've it, it's I, not. It might not be like a sentient creature like the rest of us. It's 
Definitely got a brain. You guys are sentient. <laughs> um, so uh, I know there's mixed opinions on the whole cannibal tribe kind of aspect of the film. Oh, what do you mean? Uh, well, I remember like growing up and stuff, people didn't like there were certain people that liked it. And then there's other people that hated that they were even there. They're like they had nothing to do with the story. Like they were just there to drive the story forward well, my, kind of a thing. This, what I heard was a con- was people thought it was controversial because that's another thing, too. Yeah. And like I understand in that capacity, but like I'm strictly speaking in the sense of story in how it's driving it forward kind of a thing. I'm totally I see what you like, it, it felt it. like a, like it was like a side quest in the middle of the movie yeah it did but i was okay with it like people didn't like that that it felt like that but i personally did like it because it was like i was getting to see my favorite characters just have to deal with stupid shit just on an adventure <laughs> exactly it was really entertaining and i think it was really funny <clears throat> oh you guys know who gibbs is right yes yes yes, yes. mutton chops that's big blue energy right there <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Load the rum. Load the rum. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. That is Big Lou. Um, Something I did uh, have written down that I was like, is how the fuck did any of them survive the fall in that? In the ball? That big tribe and stuff? Yeah. How How did they survive that? Or how did Jack Sparrow go through like seven bridges and then land straight on his back on hard ground and not die? I get it. it's a movie. I know. Armor. It's ridiculous. But it's to the point where I'm like, okay, well, now we're getting to the like slapstick comedy where it's like, oh, these people can't die kind of <laughs> a aspect. It's weird. Um, uh, I love the three way sword fight as well i love the creativity behind it with the wheel and like again i love whoever is the choreographer for these movies is a fucking genius because he uses the environment so well and like everything that happens is a motivated piece you know like they do something five minutes ago well now it's affecting these characters five minutes later in the fight you know i love i just like that anyways yeah so a five out of five or 4.75 sorry out of five. Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay so do you guys have anything else you guys want to add before uh we wrap it up no amazing short sweet and simple always concise yes well thank you guys for um the support and thank you for listening to today's episode you can follow us on instagram youtube itunes and spotify at silver screen sips and on twitter at silver screen sip with no s you can also email us your movie suggestions for our listeners episode at silver screen sips at gmail.com we have one at the end of every season so uh we'd love to hear your feedback by the way on our new segment this week in hollywood so we can improve it and make it better for you guys. And um, yeah, anyways, that's that's pretty much all we have for today. So we'll see y'all in next Monday's episode uh, where we will review At World's End. It's certainly the end of my world, that's for sure. <laughs> no, that's September 3rd, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crabby, right?